Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Kitty Pig Podcast. This is Joshua Sanchez, aka Matt, aka not Maverick, aka Captain, and I'm joined by my co-host, Doctor Nathan Chirabata, aka Maverick. I'm Maverick Captain. That's right. I'm um, having a little bit of an identity crisis. Has nothing to do with the testosterone. Do not worry. Do not fear. The experiment is in ship shape. Uh, about as ship shape as the Titanic, but you know, we're getting there, right? Right, Matt? Oh yeah, we are. We are. Man, it's been a while. It's been a it's been a couple minutes. You know, we need to get back into it. Life's crazy. You know how it is. But uh, yeah, I'm feeling yeah. a lot better. Some things to report. But first, before that, this episode of Where Is Maverick. Are we home? Where are we? we? We are home. I'm in Tempe, Arizona right now. And tomorrow I leave for Kansas again. But just been, I mean, a week, oh, like six days off. And then I'm, and then I'm back at it. I went to the salon, uh, guys and gals in Gilbert, Arizona, and did some Botox injection there. I can. And then hopefully next time I get more people, but uh, it's just for fun. Just for fun. Sharpening them skills, you know? Mm-hmm. Heck yeah. Because that's what we like to, we, we, what we like to know and see is that, you know, you're a competent doctor that's good with needles. Um, and if you're interested, there is a tutorial on how to inject yourself with the testosterone. Um, yep. You want to give your handle? Uh, Doctor Natural Tox on Instagram, and I and I tagged uh the Guinea Pig podcast, so and we'll probably we'll probably upload it there too, right? Right on, yeah. No, we definitely will. I think um he gave me a little wink. That means one of us is gonna do it. Uh, it needs to be done. But also, I was just thinking we should probably plug our Instagram. Um, and that I believe is uh at the guinea pig podcast or at the guinea pig experiment podcast the guinea pig experiment podcast okay that's what it is folks at the guinea pig experiment podcast on instagram um if you want to email us any questions it is the guinea pig experiment podcast at gmail.com we are now available on uh apple podcasts and spotify um we're kind of slowly reining in you know audio stuff and how to do this what's the best best method because um because we don't know what we're doing but we like to talk <laughs> and we like to experiment and that's why you're here uh because you've gotten through three episodes already and if you haven't had enough of us well here we are again and we're learning and we appreciate your patience uh that's maverick great. so you're in kansas i mean you're in in uh, tempe arizona right now going back to kansas here in a week i'm still in oregon um, I am with Concerta, not with child. I have Concerta now, 36 milligrams, ready to go. Been taking it, feeling great, kind of back to myself. Still no CPAP. So I'm not getting that quality sleep yet, but I'm on my way. And I have been getting questions about, you know, what the heck is going on with Captain? You kind of told me. <laughs> I'm dying. Everybody knows I'm dying. Um, if you have any questions, uh, I'm dying. That's all there is to it. Uh, 
No, I've just been sort of, uh, I've just been doing everything all at once and it's been a little crazy, but I feel like through the guidance of master Cheripata, uh, I'm getting on track here with my schedule, how to do it, how to fit it in, when to journal. Um, and I think it's going pretty well and I'm feeling, I'm feeling great. I, so the last episode we talked about my missed dose and for like the two days that I was without my dose. So two days after I was supposed to dose, um, that was kind of rough and I didn't expect that. Can you talk to me a little bit more about why I would be feeling a little bit of a, not withdrawal, but a down in the two days after I was supposed to dose? Um, I think because when you're doing the twice a week injection, it shouldn't be wearing off, but you're not getting as much as we'd like. So that's why with doing, if you're ever going to miss a dose, just go the full one week's worth with the 160 milligram. Right. And kind of get ahead of it. That way you don't have any, uh, like they would say like a nadir where your levels would just start dropping. Mm -hmm. And then, yeah, I was talking, I'm also not going to name any names, but other people that are, are kind of doing the experiment or getting replacement from me. I've told them the same thing. Like if you're, planning on a big thing at work or something and you're going to get off of it, make sure it's not two weeks after you get off because then you're going to really, at least for me and like my, my journal, that's when I noticed everything kind of dropped down and it, and it will bounce back again. You know, your hypothalamus, your pituitary gland and your, your testicles will, will ramp up again, but it takes uh, about three or four weeks. At least from my journaling. Right. And if anybody's listening and they're looking for testicular ramp up, you've come up to the right place. Okay. Um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, after our small balls conversation last episode, you know, we really had to, we had to get serious about this, you know? <laughs> yeah. But, yeah. We'll, try, we'll try and be PC and keep everything politically correct or whatever. Yeah. Use the... You know, it depends on your politics, you know. I feel like we've been pretty correct, but we'll see. We're pretty liberal here. Yeah, if you want to go ahead and, uh, uh, you know, scathe us on the internet, go ahead. That's that's fine. We'll address it. Yeah, we got a Gmail account. We got uh, Instagram. You can send it there. Yeah, send it there. See what happens. <laughs> see what happens. But, I, you know, if I want to talk about between when we finally got on track and I took my 160 because of the misdose. Between the 160 and my last dose, which was yesterday, I, well, actually, no, it was Saturday. It was Saturday. So Saturday, I had my last dose. Between the 160 and Saturday, I, I'm telling you, it was like night and day. And I don't, you know, obviously, I'm not trying to read into it and be like, oh, that's kind of placebo, right? Like, I know I injected myself. So all of a sudden, my mood changes, my motivation and drive changes, you know. But I will say that all of that did increase. So my motivation and drive, my libido, um, honestly, my capacity to lift things. I mean, honestly, like, okay, here's a weird example, but, you know, just for funsies, uh, my girlfriend was like, carry me. And I was like, okay, you know, and it was you know, when you feel it, when you're like, okay, I should set this person down. They're heavier than I thought, or I'm just going to give out. No, man. I mean, I could walk around 
you know, and I, how much of that is actually, you know, the testosterone or the adrenaline or maybe just a placebo, but you know, as long as I'm reporting to you, that's kind of where I'm feeling at. And, um, you know, just everything, everything's just so much better with a little extra tea, you know? That could be true. And I do think you highlighted something really important and that's the placebo effect. And I've seen that in a couple of the studies. I haven't, I still keep reading them. I haven't found anything exact, but there, you can look at the charts from the uh, studies and usually like the first week or so after, like even the people that are getting placebo, like testosterone gel with no testosterone in it or injections without any testosterone in it, their like depression scores improve a little bit. And then usually it takes like the full, however long they do the study to see what actually sorts out. That makes sense because almost like you got to give your brain time to forget that what you, of what you're doing. It just becomes part of the routine. And mm -hmm. then once you forget that you're taking it, then all of a sudden you're just experiencing the benefits without having to m use mental gymnastics to get there, you know? Like, well, I'm on T, you know, I should be able to, you know, bench press 315, right? Like I used to. <laughs> yeah. It'd be like getting a, if you were taking like a multivitamin and, you know, the placebo effect being like, you're going to be able to increase your bench press by 20%. You're just going to have that in your mind that, yeah, my bench press or, or I'm going to feel 20% more energy. It's just a thought. And that's all placebo. Really, you're just taking a multivitamin or a salt tablet or something that really isn't going to affect you that way that way right right and that makes sense i mean we're obviously trying to avoid those um, factors and that's why again ladies and gentlemen and folks um we talked about it some more experiment versus case study sort of story podcast um kind of anecdotal evidence that's kind of what we're aiming for here. We know and understand that the parameters of an experiment are uh, way more vast than what we're doing. We, we understand that there's going to be control groups and then there's going to be, you know, the experimental groups and then there's going to be placebos and, and they're going to be on, you know, diets that are all standardized and there's going to be questionnaires that they fill out every week. And we're not doing any of that. The, the point of this... <laughs> Yeah, just to just to be honest. But the point of this isn't for that anyways. This is for all of you out there that, you know, are men or are supplementing with testosterone or are worried about their T levels being low. And we're just observing what happens to me when I give me some. When I give me some, when I take some. Yeah, it comes back to our, our like original hypothesis, which is we don't know what your testosterone level was when you were twenty-two. 25 or like 18 20 what if instead of 600 it was 900 and maybe that's why you're feeling this way so what's what's the plan we try and get your testosterone up maybe 300 points into the 900 and then have your diary and document any changes and if it's you know if it makes sense then that's i mean we're just doing a case study so one patient changing one variable hopefully but as we've talked about during the podcast, we've had a lot of variable changes. Too many. <laughs> to be caught. But, I mean, that's the thing. You can't control this in an experiment. 
right? Even if we had all the parameters, I mean, even when you read a study, there's people that fall out because of X, Y, or Z, you know? Well, and I would say too, and I would add, don't use this podcast to determine or like diagnose yourself. Use this podcast to determine whether you need to talk to your doctor or not about supplementing testosterone. Is that correct? Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And, and you know, I mean, because maybe after four or six weeks, you don't notice anything. And that's true. And then we look at your testosterone level and it is 900. Right. And, and when are we wanting to do that? Another lab test. We do have that as a plan. Is that correct? So we started your experiment on May 22nd. I think we had the first injection. So we should uh, ideally get a, another level on June 22nd and just see you know, how the dosing is going and, and where your testosterone's at. Right on. Where our total testosterone level is at. Again, aiming at the 900. Wouldn't want to see you at 1,500 uh, nanograms per deciliter. No, I, I think that like would be too high. Would I, would I be feeling my blood thickening like as I was walking? You might be picking Brie up and just throwing her across the room instead of <laughs> just She's carrying like, her. Over. We're done. We're done. We're done. Uh, okay, so I had a question too about, um, and you went, you talked a little bit about testosterone um, as far as the studies are, are going uh, the last episode, but my question would be, is testo- what system of the body is the testosterone or is testosterone a part of? Uh, it is a part of the hypothalamus, pituitary, and then the testicle axis. So, yeah, the hypothalamus will sense if you need, you know, based on how much free and total testosterone you have, and it'll signal down to, to the pituitary uh, with something called gonadotropin-releasing hormone, and then that will tell the pituitary to release LH, luteinizing hormone, and FSH. Um, and that will travel to the testicles. The LH is what um, will tell the testicles to produce more testosterone. And then there's a negative feedback. If there's too much testosterone, then it obvious it stops. The hypothalamus will stop sending the, the gonadotropin-releasing hormone to the uh, pituitary. Got it. And then, you know, there'll be less LH, luteinizing hormone, for the testicles to, um, you know, that signal will stop, and then they will stop producing more testosterone. So that's how. And that answered my other question, which is what, what organs are involved. And so it sounds like the hypothalamus, the pituitary, and the testicles are the primary organs involved in testicular or not testicular i'm sorry testosterone distribution and making it is that correct yep for males yep okay oh yeah okay and that and that makes sense so i was just trying to get a a good reading even for you know the listener on sort of like how it all works and you know is it an endocrine system is it the you know whatever it sounds like it's the (laughs) the very long system that you just said (laughs) but um yeah, super interesting. How definitely get off course, you know, and and th- what happens then with age? Why does age affect this um, this system? Well, it, it could be affected like multiple ways. One, 
I don't know, and there's different theories that I've seen too, but I know one is one you could have just testicular atrophy as you age, the t testicles aren't producing enough testosterone, and that might be in an older gentleman, and that's how they can tell like every decade after age 30, your testosterone is going to be dropping anywhere from 7 to 14%. So that could be one. And then another one is if, like we're talking about from the brain, uh, any vascular damage, like if you had small transient ischemic attacks or small strokes, that could also uh, damage like how, and then that would be uh, secondary. Secondary, okay. You know, if you're not able to send the message from the pituitary gland or from the hypothalamus to the pituitary gland, then you're, you know, you might have properly functioning testicles, but they just don't get the, they don't get the message. Right. And that would make sense. Then with age, it sounds like there's some secondary factors that would attribute to the lack of testosterone either being produced and or absorbed by the body and used. Yeah. Is that correct? Okay. Right on. Okay. So my next dose, um, scheduled for, I think Saturday, but I am leaving for Idaho for about five days. So I'm thinking about doing a 160 Saturday morning. Yep. Yeah, and, that would be. Okay. And that'll carry me through when I'm back on Tuesday. Technically it would carry me to my next dose. Is that correct? Yes, One. it would. Okay. So, Okay. Then you would be good till Friday, or I mean Saturday. Okay. Again. And I feel like I'm going to have more to report then. I just have a hunch. Going to be surrounded by, you know, 1,500 people, my two screaming kids wanting everything all at once. And it's going to be probably hot. But okay. So we've got our plan down for the next dose, uh, but do you, Maverick, have any uh, more articles for us or any more info on um, testosterone or testosterone trials? I do, Captain. Uh, I've got three that I thought were like pertaining to our experiment based on the mood. Uh, the first one comes from the Journal of Psychiatry. Um, it was published in July 21st of 2009, article by Molly M. Shores, and it's titled A Random Double-Blind Placebo-Controlled Study of Testosterone Treatment in Hypogonadal Older Men with, with Dysthymia or uh, Minor Depression. And that's kind of what dysthymia is. It's just depression that's uh, lower spectrum and longer duration. Won't get into all the details. Okay. Um, this study was done on VA patients um, at a medical center, and they were all over 50 years old. They had testosterone, total testosterone levels less than 280 nanograms per deciliter. It was done from uh, November 2002 to May 2005, um, and they had 12... I, the thing that I liked about this one is that uh, they did a just a blind trial with the participants. So they all did like a week of placebo gel. It was set up kind of like the testosterone trials mm. where they get 
the testosterone gel and one either has testosterone in it or they get the placebo group and they have just the gel with no testosterone in it. And then they had to um, answer this uh, questionnaire called the HAMD, um, which is like the Hamilton uh, depression score. Uh, and they, their primary endpoint was the remission of depression. So less than or equal than seven on that, that score. So the higher the, the total, then the more depressed they are basically. Um, and the resulting, what they concluded was that the, te the testosterone treated group had achieved that Hamilton D score of less than or equal than seven, uh, in 52.9% versus 18.8% with the untreated. And that was statistically valid. It was a, had had a p-value of 0 0.04. And that's something that we look, look at when you're analyzing a study just to see if their numbers actually have any statistical significance, meaning is it just overlap or is it, is there, did it truly separate out? So that was a positive study for you know, and that was just dysthymia or moderate, uh, minor or moderate depression. Then there was another one that I, I did like, and this was done in 2003, January 1st, in the American Journal of Psychiatry. And this was done by Harrison G. Pope, who was the primary author. It's titled Testosterone Gel Supplementation for Men with Refractory Depression in a Randomized Placebo Control Trial. And... They did um, 56 males ages 30 to 65 years old. And uh, they also had inclusion criteria, which uh, meant they all had total testosterone less than 350 nanograms per deciliter. Uh, and they, they had 24 that were able to be enrolled, but they had some dropout due to exclusion criteria. Uh, one had significantly low testosterone level, 84 nanograms per deciliter, which is extremely low. Uh, wow. And then one, one also had, had shown just like off the charts improvement on the, on the depression scale. Um, and one had to withdraw, uh, due to severe depression. And that was in the placebo group at week four. Ah. So they had a total of 22 that finally got in. Um, and they did use the Hamilton D uh, depression score. And I liked it because they, they checked in at two, four, six, and eight weeks. And you could see, that's when I, if I could show you the chart, you could see like kind of the placebo and the testosterone treated group there, both of their depression scores dropped after the first week. But then it seemed like after the second, third, you know, the, by the end of the eight week trial, it looked like they all initially started off with a score of around 22. And then at the end, uh, the testosterone treated group, their scores were a mean of 14 and the placebo was 20. So I feel like that was a pretty good separation there. It looked like there would be, you know, a positive for testosterone treatment and uh, an improvement in depression scores. But they did not, their numbers were not statistically accurate or significant with that p-value. So what they did was a follow-up by the same author, Harrison G. Pope, and they tried to recreate it in 2010. In April, they published an article in the Journal of Clinical Psychology, 
and it was a parallel group placebo-controlled trial of testosterone gel in men with major depressive disorder displaying an incomplete response to standard antidepressant treatment. Uh, and they got 100 men, so they had more power. They took in more uh, people, more data points, and they did the same uh, less than 350 nanograms per deciliter of total testosterone to qualify. And they and the same as the other one, they kept everybody on their current depression treatment if they're on an SSRI or SNRI, so serotonin reuptake inhibitor or serotonin norepinephrine reuptake inhibitor. And their primary endpoint was that decrease in the Hamilton D ranking um, score on the depression. And unfortunately, they were not able to find any statistical um, significant decrease in the depressive score. Damn. So, um, so I mean, and to wrap it all up, I, I honestly haven't found anything to support it, but I don't know. I think it's still, it's all on an individual basis and maybe they, they just need to, instead of, you know, doing a study of 56 and then a hundred, maybe they need a thousand people to detect the difference. But right. because the, the first one that they did, it, it looked pretty good on the graph, but it, because it wasn't statistically significant, you know, right. you can't make any conclusions. But I think, you know, if, if you have a score of 22 and you drop it to 14, and if we, if we looked at the Hamilton D dep depression score, you know, like those questions are, are, uh, and is this something that, um, we can do for this experiment with this Hamilton D? Yeah, I can pull it up, you know, we should have done it before, you know, in the first episode. Yeah. But I mean, I can read it. It's like, you know, you just asked, it's a questionnaire. So it says depressed mood, gloomy attitude, pessimism, pessimism about the future, feelings of sadness, tendency to weak, weep. And you rate it based on absent, uh, occasional weeping, frequent weeping, extreme. And then feelings of guilt. Are they absent? Or, or do you hallucinate about guilt, you know? So you rank everything. Suicide, I don't, you know, absent. I haven't thought about it. And then it ranges from even, you know, zero to four, four being I've attempted suicide. Hmm. And then insomnia. So you could see if you had a score of 22 and you dropped it to 14, you know, you would think that would be pretty impressive. But because you don't have the statistics or you know, you can't say that it's significant, then, you know, you can't say the testosterone made that change. Right. And maybe we save that for uh, another series, but maybe we do it, you know, this week just for the heck of it. And then at the end of the experiment, we do it again, see how they compare. And then maybe we just kind of take that forward and just keep it with us as a way to measure, you know, sort of depressed mood or uh, major depressive uh, syndrome. What do you think about that? I like that idea. I I mean, you know, I mean, it would suck. It would suck to do this, but it would be kind of cool to do like a one month cool down period. And then we could do the whole thing over right. almost like better, stronger, faster type of, you know, more streamlined. We have everything set up. So it, it's more like one of those trials that I'm reading, even though we're just doing one patient, you, Captain. Right. 
Yeah. Does that make sense? It does make sense. And maybe in between, you know, we'll talk about it more, but maybe we call that one juiced. <laughs> and then we'll, because I think that, you know, there's some validity there to um, sort of like an exit interview type thing where you're like, okay, we did that, took a month off. Now we're going to do it again. Or, you know, and we'll really see how things changed from then until now. And then how my body responds to testosterone in two months versus now. Right. So a lot of different factors and things like that. Yeah. I mean, I think we should talk about it more. I think that's something that would be really fun. But in the meantime, and, uh, and I can do a little teaser too, because we've got other ideas for the pod podcast as well. Sure. Uh, I've been speaking with a, a buddy of mine that's a sleep medicine physician and then having him maybe come on and talk to captain and myself and see what, you know, I mean, if he could, enlighten anybody listening on you know kind of the down and dirty of sleep medicine sleep hygiene sleep medicine the sleep system all of that stuff i think that'd be really good i think we should do it no i really do and i think that if you're a listener um if you're a guinea pig little piggies um if you have any ideas or questions that you want to message to us maybe some ideas about an experiment that we could do uh just go ahead and Comment on our Instagram posts or email us at the guinea pig experiment podcast or at gmail.com. Mm-hmm. Um, you can message either of us on Instagram as well. Um, and yeah, I think that, uh, you know, we could wrap this up. But uh, do you have a, should we just go with the original quote from uh, our dear friend and philosopher, Woody Harrelson? It's time to shut up or nut up. Very close. It's time to nut up. Or shut up. Yeah, that's right. Never stop, I'll get it if I want it. Gotta make to myself a promise. I won't quit, keep going till I got it. I won't give up till I'm on top. Yo, no, I ain't the type to give up. If I do something, man, I do it till I get what I want.